Beyond the mind and words and 
independent of everything else. That Bhakti Yoga, Yosan Sarisudon Vasudeva, is the real path of liberation. It is the real path of liberation. Brahman realization is the beginning of liberation and Paramatma realization is still better advancement towards the realm of liberation. But one which but one achieves a real liberation, liberation when one when he understands his position as an eternal servant of the Supreme Personality. You got it. Mukti Vanyatha Rupam Swarupena Vyavasidhi. In the material world, in the worldly concept of life, everyone is working in the wrong direction. When one becomes Brahmavuta, he actually realizes one understands that he is not the body and that waiting in the body concept of life is useless and misdirected. This is devotion. This then his devotion service begins. As Krishna says in Mahavad Gita, chapter 18, text number 54, Brahmavuta person Atma Nasochati Nakamshati, Tama Sarveshu Bhuteshu Madhvaktim Nabadekaram. One, one who is thus constantly situated realizes the Supreme Brahman and becomes fully joyful. He never relents or desires to have anything. He is equally disposed to every living entity. In that state, he attains a pure devotional service unto me. Devotional service is actual liberation. When one is subjected to the beauty of the Supreme Personality of Godhead and his mind is always engaged in the Lord's Lotus Feet, he is no longer interested in subjects that do not help him in self in other words, he loses all affection for material activities. In the Thaitiriya Upanishad 2.7, it is said, Esha hi evanandayati yada hi evaisha etasmin nadrishye natme anirute nilayane bhayan pratistham vindate thaso bhayan gato bhati. A living entity becomes established in spiritual, blissful life when he fully understands that his happiness depends on his spiritual self-realization, which is the basic principle of ananda, bliss. And when he is eternally situated in the service of the Lord, who has no other Lord above him. Seven islands, and one of the seven islands is called Jambudvipa. 
in, and that is what they are in the island of Jambudvipaya. So they are seven islands, and within that seven, in one of the seven islands is called Jambudvipa. In Jambudvipa there are nine versions, or nine divisions of land. One of that division of land is Bharat Varsha. So presently we are talking about Bharat Varsha. So in each of those Varshas, in each of those divisions of land, the nine of them, there are nine presiding deities and there are nine key inhabitants. So each of those key inhabitants have been obtained place to the presiding deity of that particular island. At the moment, until text number 14 or 15-ish, we saw various prayers concluding. The ninth prayer and the final prayer also concluded. The ninth prayer was offered by Naradhuni to the presiding deity of that particular varsha and that was Narnarayan Rishi. So that concluded in text number 15. So today we are at text number 20. So if the nine, given that the nine prayers were concluded, then what has happened from text number 16 to 20? Let's quickly recap, that sets the scene and then we'll zoom into the place, Hopot and Hopotrax. So, in this, so after explaining the nine prayers by the nine, nine key inhabitants of those nine particular islands, in 16, Sukhdev Goswami continued to describe a little bit more the structural formation of the uh, Jambudvipa. So here he said in 16, text number 16, he said that there are various mountains in this particular Varsha, such as uh, the Mahindra mountain that is famous in the Ramayana pastime, then the Govardhan uh, uh, hill that is famous of course for us, and then in 17 and 18, after describing the mountains in 16, in 17 and 18, he described the various rivers. Why? Because rivers have their source in the mountains, and the mountains give birth to rivers. So he described various rivers, such as Madayuna, Kakkovei, then Godavari, and all those rivers that he mentioned in text number 17 and 18. Then in 19, he mentioned, and this is when we start thinking about the today's context. In 19, he mentions about the various inhabitants of that Varsha. And then he mentions that the inhabitants of that Varsha, which is by the way, us, welcome to us, he mentions that they take birth in that particular Varsha according to their past karma. And according to their subsequent, according to their karma subsequent to their birth will determine their destination, which can be hellish planets, or which can be human, or which can be heavenly planets. So we can go up and down like that uh, Mary Gora sometimes going up, sometimes coming down, like so we go up and down. Then the, the natural question that comes out of there is well if we are continuously going up and down in the cycle of uh, going, going to you know, upper planets, going to lower planets and then being, uh, being, being trapped here, then what is the way out? What is the form of liberation for the inhabitants of that Varsha? So then in response to that question, text number 20 is what we read today, and I'll read the translation again because then you can see the thread. What is text number 20 saying? So very quickly, 16 describes the mountains, 17 was about the rivers, 18 is about the inhabitants taking birth according to their karma, and then 19 was, uh, sorry, 17 and 18 was rivers, 19 was inhabitants, 20 is about the liberation of these uh, inhabitants in the Varsha. So how, what, what, what is the form of liberation? We'll read the translation again. After many, many births. Remember this, what does this strike when we say after many, many births? What verse comes to mind from Bhagavad Gita? Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad So after many, many births, so this is the inheritance of this Varshaya. After many, many births, when the results of one's highest activities, and remember this, when the results of one's highest activities, the Punya, or the Adhyaksupati, and we'll talk mainly about this today, yeah? the piety. 
and the, and the, and the Adhyat Sukhati. When one's highest activity is Machiva, one gets the opportunity to associate with pure devotees. So what happens after Adhyat Sukhati? We get association of the pure devotees. Right? And then once we get association of the pure devotees, then what happens? Then one is able to cut the knot of the bondage to ignorance which bound him because of very fruitive activities. Those karma that was binding him is now cut in the association of the pure devotees. Then what happens as a result of associating with such pure devotees, one gradually renders service to the Lord Vasudeva. So firstly there is Shraddha, then Sadhu Sangha, then Bhajan Kriya. So when Sadhu Sangha happens, then Bhajan Kriya will happen, and then another entity, and then so on, right? Who is concentrated free from attachment to the material world beyond the mind and words, and independent of everything else. That yoga, that bhakti yoga, devotional service to Lord Vasudeva, is the real path of liberation. So there are paths of liberation for the inhabitants of this Varsha, but the real path of liberation is what? Bhakti Yoga. And Prabhupada speaks of exactly that. I'll give the first few sentences of Prabhupada's Prabhupada. Prabhupada. So because the West is talking about liberation, Prabhupada writes. Brahman realization is the beginning of liberation. So Prabhupada talks about three types of liberation now, or three stages of liberation. First is Brahman realization, and Paramatma realization is still theta advanced. Then Prabhupada uses this word towards the revolution. Then Prabhupada says, but one achieves real liberation. Prabhupada is so clear with his terminology. The real liberation when he understands his position as an eternal servant of Supreme Personality of God and Jivana Sarukarvai, Krishna Nityanas. That is the Krishna Nityanas. That is the real liberation Prabhupada is. So, so here we see the condition of the Jiva of the soul from the piety to purity because bhakti yoga entails us being pure pure devotees for the pure Krishna all attractive all pure Krishna so how do we journey from piety to purity is what I'm going to do what I'm going to do I'll discuss today and of course needless to say that I'm nowhere close to being pure <laughs> but uh, Prabhupada has given us the, mana, the, the path towards which we can address hope to become Guru Avandana you know, um, this purific, purificatory process of Bhakti Yoga. So, so of course I am not pure but I can talk about what I have read in, read in you know, our wonderful scriptures. Mm. So let's start with piety. A lot of times piety gets confused and misunderstood with purity and it also gets extended and misunderstood with spirituality. So piety, purity and spirituality are three different Let's understand them before we understand how we can attain purity. So, what is piety? Before we can understand what is piety, let's understand what is impiety. Because that's pretty easy. <laughs> we are probably more familiar with impiety. Impiety definitely has got its gross as well as its subtle aspect. The demonium characterizes the impiety. That is pretty clear, no? such as meditating, intoxication, sex gambling, killing others, terrorism. Uh, these are all gross symptoms of being impious. So when we talk about pious people, we are talking about those who at least are not partaking in the gross demoniac activities, such as terrorism and all those things, yeah? or killing people, killing animals and all those things. Those, those grossly uh, mis- Hearing and no, those are at least not there in these pious people. So they are at least pious. 
So therefore, they will be generally situated in the mode of goodness. Maybe that's another way to remember it. Now, they won't be so much in the mode of ignorance. There may be impression, but more so towards the mode of goodness. Not Sutta Sattva, but the material mode of goodness they will be situated. Nice, you know, bhajans they will be hearing. They will be doing, you know, uh, possibly waking up early in the morning. Eating sattvic food, if not prasadam, at least they will be eating sattvic food. So these are the people who are very old pious. Because remember, this is important. Krishna has said, you know, that if we are unable to complete our bhakti in one lifetime, then we, if we are not able to finish that off, then we take birth in the pious family, or in the family of rich mechanical, or in the family of transcendentalists. Suchi Nam Shri Matam and Dhimata, chapter 6 of Bhagavad Gita, so Suchi Nam Shri Matam and Dhimata. Suchi Nam is this pious family that the Lord is talking about. Shri Matam are the rich family and then Dhi Matam are the transcendental devotees where we can take birth. So if we are unable to finish this, we may take birth in one of these families. So that means the pious family. Where it is very conducive for us to restart our Krishna consciousness from the point we left in our last life. So that is, uh, that is, that is the pious family. But the problem or, or let's say the, the, the limitation in the piety or in the pious family will be that they may have subtle form of uh, bad activities such as looking forward for pratishtha, puja and pratishtha, you know, power and prestige in the society that we want. This is what the inhibits are of the pious family. So, for example, you know, a pious family may be very philanthropic, you know, they will do a lot of charitable uh, donations and all those things. But, and we see this in India, you know, when they, when they, if, they, if they donate a bus shelter, so that the children are protected before going to school if there is rain or heat, then the bus shelter should at least have their name on the board in the front, you know, established or constructed in 1988 by some Suresh Chauhan and family. No offense to Suresh Chauhan, family, just amazing attempt to my Chauhan brothers or something, but it must have. So this is a subtle form of looking for the prestige in the society that I am so, you know, I'm so, so giving that you know, my name should be. Uh, glorified. So they are pious family, but that subtle self-centeredness is there. That's different from our spiritual progress when we try to, you know, not to have any of this kind of subtle anathas as well. So that's piety, you know, that's piety. Now what is purity? So if you contrast piety with purity, purity in simple words will be decreasing our attraction to anything that is impure. Purity in a simple word is decreasing our attach, attachment and attraction to the point of zero to those things that are impure, materialistic, not impure. Now that is half of the definition then. <laughs> because if somebody is able to achieve this, complete you know, uh, nullification of everything that is materially uh, attractive, those material attractions, if he can make it to zero, then that is not, doesn't mean we are spiritual anymore, correct? If that means we are just probably like, let's say like Buddhists, you know, who, who is fire for Nirvana, or like the impersonalists, Brahmavadis, because for them, material attraction is also become zero to the point in time, but that's not a pure devotional service. So for us, there's two links of purity definition. First is uh, a reduction to the point of zero of anything that is impure, to be able to be purity, become purity. And the second aspect, which is more important for us, is constant increasing of anything that is purely spiritual to the point of 100% concentration on the old pure Krishna. Constant regular decreasing of anything that is impure 
and then constant increasing to everything that is Jiva to the point of ultimate condensed concentration on the whole Jiva Krishna. That is purity. When we, come, when we say Jiva devotees, we mean to say that the only thought in their mind is about the whole Jiva Krishna, nothing else. That is a definition of a Jiva devotee. So even if they are uh, even if they are uh, mean, uh, even if they are utilizing the meta, even in the meta they see Krishna. No? They specialize whatever is material. So that's the definition of purity. So on, on the same note, that impurity will be that thing that takes us away from the world. Impurity in a simple world would be the jiva trying to enjoy in separation to Krishna. The jiva trying to enjoy in things in separation to the pure Krishna. That will be a definition of impurity. Yeah? So, clear so far? Piety and impurity, you know, what is uh, and piety and purity going to be withdrawn from? Now, then it takes us to the next question is, well, what is so, what is so bad about being impure? What is the problem with somebody who is impure? When you sit at home, continuously on the chair, <laughs> working from home and not coming to the temple for Bhagavan classes and healing and all that, you know, and not sitting in Kirtan and all that. All of us are just so difficult to be honest to be sitting in this asana, like what I'm feeling it. So, anyway, so, what does it say? Ah, so, so, what is the problem with being impure? The problem with being impure is that almost against our will, it drags us to our daily downfall destruction. Just as, now I'll give you an energy and I'll come back to this point. A butcher man, he drags the animal towards the, towards the chamber, the slaughterhouse, to chop his neck off, so forcefully against the will of the animal. He drags it. That is being dragged, means his will. So those impure thoughts in our mind, what they do, they drag us towards our death, towards our downfall, towards our destruction. Almost like without against, without uh, almost like against our 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 will, our our pure will. Now, how does the butcherman take the animal? The butcherman puts the rope around the animal's neck and drags the animal with the power. If if the animal is very powerful, then the rope has to be very powerful as well. The rope has to be strong, and the person who is pulling the rope in the animal has to be powerful as well. Now, in our case, when I say our case. Say in my case, the, neither the rope nor the pull has to be very strong. A lot of times, a very small amount of impure thoughts can pull us. I don't know whether you have this realization or not, but I have, you know, a subtle, very, very, very subtle impure pull, uh, impure thought very subtly and very less forcefully can pull us towards our downfall. And by the way, we can be bound by three ropes. The animal is bound by one rope generally. We are bound by three ropes, which is Satogun, Dajogun and Tamogun, mode of goodness, passion and ignorance. All those three ropes are pulling us. Sometimes the one Buddha is more phenomenal than the other and it just keeps pulling us towards our downfall. And if we are not careful and vigilant, then one of those ropes, even with a small pull, can pull us down completely. That is the force of mind. And then after we get pulled, then we realize that, oh my God, what, that, what did I do? Ajamila went through this, exactly the same pull. Just a small side of, you know, a, 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 a man and a woman embracing each other, basically in public, although he was such a nice cultured brahma, just a small side, 
utilize his senses and then before he know, you know, he is born on all the way down. For us it could be a billboard on the road, it could be something on the trend that we are seeing that's obnoxious, it could be something that pops up on our you know, smartphone, we are watching nice kirtan and something pops up to say, you know, get attracted to this. Before we know, we have started watching some some show or some movie or something, you know, completely distracted without much endeavor at all. And then, so this is the problem with impure thoughts. It can just pull us in, pull us down. So, ha. Huh. So with that, then Prabhupada brings this, quotes this verse in text number 20, which was. Stay with me. Brahma Bhuta Prasannatma Na Sochati Na Kamchati Samasarveshu Bhuteshu Mahi Bhutate Param. Why does Prabhupada call this verse? Because Prabhupada explains that for us to be progressing from impurity to purity, we have to come to a platform of Brahma Bhuta. In other words, we have to come to the platform of spirituality. Because spirituality is almost like a byproduct of spirituality. When you become spiritual, as you are becoming spiritually advanced towards Krishna, then purification is a product that naturally comes out of it. Of course, we try to be pure to a personal world, and the output of that is also purity. So it goes hand in hand. Spirituality and purity goes hand in hand. So when we are at the Brahma Bhuta platform, in the spiritual platform, then fighting those impure, impious thoughts are very easy. For example, our body is a city of nine gate, we know it. So if, if, if any material city is attacked by hooligans no, or by the opposition army, and we see this literally happening in, uh, in Kabul, uh, in Afghanistan, we are all familiar with this news, I presume. So if they are always happening, you know, when the two army forces of the Taliban and of the ISL, you know, the, the allied forces dominated by US, when they are fighting, if both of the forces are at the ground level, at the airport, then it is, it is quite difficult for one force to overtake the other because they are at the same level. But what they do, what the army uh, uh, contingents do, if they are unable to sustain the attack of the other force when both are at the same level, one tries to rise. When one tries to rise to the higher grounds, such as to the hills or the mountains, or definitely the air forces, when they take air forces as the, as the wave of their rain, then it, it gives them much more power all of a sudden to attack the lava forces. So the, 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 the force itself may not have changed, but the, the strength of the force itself may not have changed. But just the slight difference in the strategy of elevating themselves to the higher platform immediately makes them more powerful. And then they are able to withstand and counter the force that is at the ground level. Similarly, Brahma Bhutta Prasanna Atma means that if we are, given that we always struggle to fight with our impious, impure thoughts coming in our mind, like incessant flow of water into the ocean, then if we just raise our consciousness to a higher platform, then from there onwards, fighting these lower modes of thoughts are becoming, will become more and more easier. And definitely we have this realization in our Krishna consciousness part, that when we become now, when we come to the temple, when we associate with devotees, when we reach Bhagavatam, when we Prasadam, when we sing Kirtan, and all those things much, makes it much more easier to fight the impious individual thoughts. But doing it on our own, and personally speaking, you know, in lockdown, I find it quite challenging now. The thoughts that come into my mind, and I had this bad experience recently as well. A slight, 
a slight provocation of anger i reacted so greatly uh, on his somebody that i am sure that i would have not done that in my pre-covid days when he constantly come to the temple take darshan of the lord associate with devotees i think you now i'm having the realization now that it has set me so well that of course i won't say that i was never getting angry but definitely you know the the, the extent to which i would uh, i would uh, retaliate would have been much much more sober and and control but in the past four five weeks you know, when i was challenged with this situation uh, i completely regret the way i reacted and then i was just checking myself that why did i react like this this is reacting in anger is definitely undevoted like non devoted like but reacting so badly is definitely you know all like almost it is demonial so why did i why did i fall for this trap so i was checking my own and then i realized that oh my god how much i'm missing the congregational get together and the empowerment and enrichment that is there in devotee association uh, is just invaluable to me must and as a religious heart i can i can i can see that when i don't have access to the temple as much as i definitely had before so then then i started when <laughs> when i was faced with this that raise our consciousness to fight this force that come in our mind then i thought okay what is the plan what plan can i have that i can not just have a theoretical plan you know for writing it in an exam or something but what do i practically have as a checkpoint next time when i'm challenged with the same situation because he said what the definition of stupidity stupidity is to expect a different outcome when you do the same thing second time if you keep doing the same thing second time the same outcome will happen but a stupid person thinks that the outcome may be different so then i don't want to be like that i want to be somebody at least who can know that i will react differently when i'm challenged with the same situation again so i did some more research and i found this in you know, one of the articles that i was reading from the nature of the book so all very strange and he said you know, to fight this you could have a plan of different uh, words starting with that you know uh, such as fear you fear it you find it you fight it and then you finish it and i'll explain all of this yeah you fear it you find it you fight it and then you finish it so there is four letters that are right here so you fear it basically you have to fear that the impure thoughts are disastrous to us. Especially we have to fear it. Because if somebody doesn't fear it, there are people who actually like to be angry. Because it makes them think that they are more powerful and predominating the others. And you see this, you know, sometimes in the bosses, the leaders and the managers, they want to be very powerful. So they like to be angry always. In the morning, if you say, good morning, say, good morning, you know. That's how they will react. With a little bit of grumpiness in their sound. They, they enjoy it. People are like it. But for devotees, we have to fear that these things can, these things will especially lead to our downfall before we can think about anybody else. So these anathas we have to fear. Once we fear it, then Krishna tells us that you find it. And where do you find them? Krishna tells us in Bhagavad Gita that Indriyani Manobuddhir, lust besides in mind, senses, and intelligence. Indriyani Manobuddhir, you know it is there. But just knowing that it is there, if you find it, that the, the, the senses and the mind and the intelligence are the harbor of these bad thoughts is not enough because for our own personal plan and this is very important for me and I hope it can be a take for you as well our personal plan has to be there okay we know theoretically it is there but what is that particular impure thought that is bothering me the most? is it anger? is it lust? is it prestige? or is it power? 
or is it funny? What is that that's bothering? I know most of the times most of this is really bothering us to some extent or the other. But what is the one that is uh, the most bothering factor in my in my in my own sadhana? So I have to fear it and find it and find it specifically in our face. What is that I'm going to work on the most in the next few days? And especially for us tomorrow and Masni. So which is that particular thought that is uh, I'm gonna work on tomorrow in our personal subplane from there. So fear it and then find it. Find it. And then fight it. And General Prabhu said that if we don't fight it, then we replace. What he said is if we fight it, we may not necessarily be winning the war. <laughs> this got me tricked again. He said if we fight it, that does not mean that we are going to win against the force of Maya. But if we don't fight it, then we are guaranteed to lose. Interesting, yeah? If we fight, we may not be winning eventually, we may not be winning momentarily, but eventually we will, hopefully, by Krishna's message. But if we don't, then we are guaranteed to lose. So better to fight and perhaps lose time to time and then keep fighting rather than throwing the towel and not being able to march forward towards the whole powerful Piva Krishna at all. Yeah? So we have to fight it. And then once we have fought it enough, eventually with our endeavor and with it Krishna's mercy, we will eventually finish it all. No, our time will come when all these anathas will eventually finish and then we will become all Viva devotees. So find it, fear it, find it, fight it and then finish it off. And Prabhupada said, finish it off in one lifetime. <laughs> finish it off in one lifetime. Which is quite interesting because actually when you look at the verses from tomorrow, I think, yeah, from tomorrow onwards, for the next five or six verses, what continues so after the nine prayers have been finished and the structural definition of uh, structural uh, description of the Varsha is given in terms of the mountain rivers and the inhabitants and what is the solution for the liberation of the inhabitants which is what we are doing today the next nine or ten verses is about the demigods glorifying this particular Varsha the demigods glorifying this particular piece of land Bharat Varsha why when the demigods are saying they start talking about their time duration, literally. You say, we live for one kalpa of Brahma. Now, what is one kalpa of Brahma? One kalpa of Brahma is one day of Brahma. That is equal to one Chatur Yuga, which is the 4.3 million of our Chatur Yuga multiplied by 1000. We know that Nadrata Yuga goes for 482,000 years. Multiply that by 2 becomes Dreta Yuga, Dwapa Yuga, and then you triple the Kali Yuga, which is 400 times 3, 1.2 million years, is Dwapa Yuga. And 482 Kali Yuga multiplied by 4 is 1.6, 1.7 million years of Sati Yuga. So you add all this together, the 4 million plus the 400,000, the 800,000, the 1200,000, and then the 600,000 becomes 4.3 million years of years. And those 4.3 million years is called 1 Chatur Yuga or 1 Divya Yuga. So 4.3 million years multiplied by 1,000 becomes one day of Brahma and that is one Kalpa of Brahma we say. So the demigods are saying in the next few verses that we live for one Kalpa of Brahma because after that they get through the, they go through the, they undergo through the process of the partial annihilation. So they are saying we live for so many years and look at this inhabitants in Bharat Varsha, they live only for 100 years maximum if they are lucky. And they can get liberation, they can get bhakti and become all people and go back to God in such a short span of time. What is the point in our lifetime when we could 
easily become, you know, uh, human beings and get liberated. So they are glorifying the inhabitants of the Bharatvarsha as well as the purificatory process that is in Bharatvarsha for them to become more Piva, to reach the whole Piva, to, for them to become Piva devotees. So they want to take birth as human beings. This will be the Katha for the next week also uh, about the demigod time. So on that note, tomorrow is Krishna Masni. Uh, all of us want to become not Piva, Piva devotees of the Lord. I think all of us probably will agree as well to become Piva devotees by tomorrow. <laughs> might be quite challenging because we have tried this for the last 10 years. And definitely we have advanced, but we have not possibly reached the point to 100% yet. But our journey of 1000 steps starts with the first. And uh, tomorrow we can take that one big step on that mass meeting to beg the Supreme Prasanthi and Godhead, our beloved Krishna. The tomorrow is, you know, the today, tomorrow being his appearance there, when he is more merciful, beg for his uh, blessings, that we can shower them onto us, and we can, we can, you know, we can march closer and closer to him. So the Lord is not necessarily seeing whether we are old people or not at the moment. What he is seeing in us, in me, is that whether we are actually even endeavouring to become sincere and pure. If that sincere endeavour is there, then he can do magic in our life. So we have to become sincere in trying to become all pure. And then the Lord will reciprocate for us. Because tomorrow is Parikranaya Sadhuna, Vinashaya Chajusritam, Dharma Samsapanathaya Sandhavami Yerge. The Lord appears for three reasons. Parikranaya Sadhuna means Vinashaya Chajusritam. So we can think of this Vinashaya Chajusritam. Oh my Lord, Please kill all these impure, impious thoughts in my mind. Kill this demoniac mentality in my mind. And that is exactly why you appear from all the reasons. And please save me, Parikranaya Sadhana. You know, I beg to you on this auspicious day. Please save me so that we can become uh, all pure. And Prabhupada said that purity is the force. So if we can, since if we can endeavor to become pure, then with that pure force we can not only save ourselves, but we can also save others, especially on days like tomorrow when we can go and preach. But our preaching can only be effective if we have that kind of purity in us. Otherwise we can be, we can preach, but the transformation in the heart of the other person will not happen so much unless we preach with force. Our preach with purity, there is a force. Okay, so I will come here. It's an Muslim, I know there is a lot of other services going on. I will stop at here today. Uh, if you have any comments, questions, or corrections, then please do uh, feel Just a comment. Just maybe, maybe the mic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a reminder that verse that Prahlada must praise the same. Um, the one when you said, pray to Krishna to remove the impurity, then Prahlada also says that famous prayer, you know, Namo yeah. uh, Bhagavad Gita, please kill the demon. Just, and that's probably another good thing to do tomorrow, no? Before all these nice dresses, that talks about purity. So from piety is good, but purity is required to boost the piety so that you can become spiritual. Anything else? Jesus has a comment. Just another little bit It's in regards to the concept of purity. Uh, as you said, it's more trying to avoid the impurity, um, impure things. So my, I was trying to analyze what actually means be impure or clean. 
Prabhupada's purpose, for example, is clear in find that to the sense of um, trying to enjoy the nature and be the controller and self-centered tendency, it's the impurity and uh, when, as you probably mentioned, if we focus more in Krishna's um, pleasure, trying to orientate our activities, how to satisfy Krishna, less self-centered, impurity yeah. is manifested. Okay. And so avoiding or eradicating the tendency of being the enjoyer and controller. And maybe also that can be applying our perception and relationship with others as well. Yeah. Trying to enjoy separately from Krishna, and when we, we know that when we try to enjoy separately from Krishna, then neither the enjoyment comes, but in return, what we get is more miseries. And then the second point you made is you know, our, our dealings and our engagements and relationships with others uh, also may not be best because we are self centered rather than Krishna centered. And actually, if we explore that best, so what it goes. Then what does that mean? That Brahma Bhuta, Brahma Bhuta Prasanna Atma. That Atma who is situated in the, in the spiritual platform, Brahma Bhuta. Now Sochati na Kamsati. So he doesn't have any Soch nor any Kamsati. In other words, he doesn't have any lamentation nor he has any hankering or craving. So he is satisfied with what he has got. So not that, no, I don't have this and he has it. So I'm envious. I don't have this, why am I not getting this? God doesn't exist. So he's jealous of the Lord. So all those you know, lamentations and all those cravings are their conditioning. Lamentation for what we have lost, our near and dear ones, our possessions, and cravings for what we want in the future. We want to accumulate more and more and more. But for this person who is in a Brahma Bhutta platform, not so in a Kamchati. No lamentation, no hindrance, no craving. And in terms of his release with others, of all living entities, he sees them equally, no? as children of God and the Paramatma residing in Yamaha. So when he sees that everything is spiritual oriented, then again there is no tension in relationships. So with people, he is equal. With things, he is neither lamenting nor hindering. So very, very equipoise, meditating on the Lord's Vasudeva. Vasudeva Sarvamiti, Samahatma, Sudhurava, such a soul is very rare. Thank you very much. Uh, if you should have me another point that I wanted to ask is really, well, first I want to thank you so much for uh, the class and also sharing that technique that Chaitanya Chaitanya uh, presented about the fear, bonding, fighting, and finishing. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that can be applied to different, uh, not just to fear, but of different other bad tendencies that we have and uh, if that finding process can be uh, more related to the self-introspection yeah. or but also because our tendency of deceiving ourselves can be complemented with uh, for example input of feedback from others asking for feedback yeah. that finding can be in that way uh, or the, the finding can be personal, our time to sit down and meditate on what's wrong with me and uh, especially in the Rukhi Association, finding internal introspection is uh, important because 
devotees generally tend to glorify us much more than what we are devoted. Oh, Prabhuji, you know, such a nice prasad, such a nice lecture, such a nice lecture. Devotees like to glorify other devotees. And that is good. Uh, but if you want to be a little sincere and serious, then yeah, self-introspection and then cross-checking uh, with those that we trust, like our mentors, our Guru Maharajas, you know, our, our senior devotees, to say, this happened and why is this happening? Can you direct me? So, both finding it can be many ways. Sometimes when we read Prabhupada's purpose, we find it. That, oh my God, this is, this is my life story. It's talking about me only. You know? If you read a lifetime, it's like, yeah, like, it's like me. Now, why is this happening to me? So then within the purpose, there could be answers that tell us why we are, why we are so, and what's the solution? In every, almost every purpose gives the solution somehow. So all those things we can be implemented, and that will eventually help us march forward. In my personal plan, I would have it as my endeavor. And finish it, I will leave it to the Lord. You know, to say, I need your help. I can't do it alone. But if I do three, at least you do one right. <laughs> that is very zero solution to me. So finishing is, I, I agree, it's hard. But it's not impossible. You know? We know through our shastras, it's not impossible. So I think if we can, as Prabhupada said, you know what, we get to 70-80% and I'll take care of the net. But the rest of it through the back door. So thank God we have got the backdoor policy, so Prabhupada will take us out here, even if it's not finished. But he's also said finish it in this lifetime. So with that 80% endeavor from us, and then 20% mercy from Prabhupada and Krishna, then we will finish it. Yeah, that's right, it's the endeavor and mercy. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and another thing was that I was thinking, so this is in my personal plan. You know, there's a saying that if you hit, if you aim for the, if you aim for the bullseye, and if you miss it, you need to just hit the target. But if you hit the, if you aim for the target, you might hit outside the, the circle, yeah? So at least hit for the, aim for the target, finish it, and if you don't, then maybe we are somewhere within the circle of Krishna consciousness. <laughs> so that could be, you know, it's always good to aim for high. Mm-hmm. And also finish it can also be more like dovetailing those urges or tendencies, that's more, not finish it, okay, that's good. Okay. Yeah, okay. it's true. It's a good point because it doesn't mean everything is coming from Krishna. So it's just utilizing the Krishna service, the best use of everything. That's right. Yeah. Good point. Dr. Yoga, Dr. Yoga, Dr. Yoga, nice day to reset. I think now, nice if we have discussed so much about the thread. <laughs> I think literally put it you know, into some kind of writing and tomorrow offer it to the Lord to say, this is my personal plan. And I can work on the three, and please help me with the fourth one. And, and, and come back to him you know, in, in one year's time to say, how did I go? And then take it from there, something like that, something something more practical. Okay, anything else? No? Thank you so much for those participation. Let me be more lively. Thank you.
Mantas dan makanan biasa dalam waktu ini.